Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! Yeah! The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. If I sound a little um, froggy, it's because I am. I did actually take a coronavirus test this morning, which was negative, just in case. Um, I've been purging my house and I'm horribly allergic to dust, so I imagine that's got something to do with it. Um, I don't have a fever or anything, I wouldn't have come in. So just to let you know if I sound a little froggy, um, you'll know why. Uh, I want to um, if you, just give you a few mentions here first before we start. And um, one is for my wonderful friend, uh, Michael Criglio, who is incredibly talented um, and painted this very beautiful um, portrait here of um, myself and Sonny. As most of you know that follow me, my 35-year-old Tennessee Walker passed away last June. And um, this is a, um, a photograph actually taken by Suzanne Suor, uh, White Barn. She did a beautiful job. And um, Michael made it into this amazing painting. So um, we have his phone number up on the screen for you right now. If you uh, would like a painting done, he's, um, I've seen ballerinas and, oh my gosh, all kinds of things. It's not just animals, but um, he is particularly good um, at animals. And I have now commissioned him to do a painting for me of Aries. For those of you who follow me on social media, you know that three years ago, I adopted a dog from Vocal. Um, I actually went to adopt a puppy with my son, Edward. And most of us that have horses uh, certainly have four-legged barn buddies for our horses. And um, when um, we went there, we fell in love with Aries. And we knew as a Staffordshire Terrier at almost 10 that she probably didn't have more than a few years. But we didn't want to leave her at a shelter, even though Vocal is a very, very good shelter. Um, we wanted to give her a wonderful home life. And um, she is the gray and white dog in the photos, if you're watching uh, either on Equus Television or on social media. Um, she was a wonderful, wonderful dog. Loved everybody. She loved people. She loved food. She really loved food. She counter-surfed a lot. Um, she loved cats. Um, she loved everyone. And did I mention how much she loved food? Oh, she loved food. Uh, anyway, she got very, very sick on New Year's Day. And then the following day, I took her to the veterinarian on the Monday and um, ended up having to take her back on the Wednesday because she was no better. And then I took her to the University of Florida Emergency Pets Clinic. And um, they really couldn't do anything for her. And uh, we had her on antibiotics and some painkillers and things. 
and we were doing all we could. And on the last day, she was circling and collapsing and didn't seem to know where she was and was fully disoriented. And sadly, um, on Friday, we had to make a decision to send her on to doggy heaven because she was in a lot of pain and she was suffering. So anyway, a tribute to Aries today. She was really a special, special dog. And even though I miss her every minute, um, never, ever regret the fact that we adopted um, an older dog who actually turned out to be such an incredible, loving pet. She slept with me every night. Um, I know people have um, anxiety pets. And certainly through my car accident uh, last year, she was definitely my anxiety pet. And uh, I kept her close and... She was with me uh, all the time, and all the time that I was at home, she was cuddled up, and she, um, did I mention how much she loved food? Gosh, she loved food. Counter surfer, if you left anything on the edge of the counter, it was gone. She um, she just loved to eat, and and uh, yeah, special. And Aslan, my other pup, who's um, adopted from the Humane Society, absolutely adored her. In the last few days, he was licking her face and loving on her like he knew and he is terribly depressed right now at the fact that um, he doesn't know where uh, where his best bud has gone. So um, trying to keep him entertained and happy. And um, we're all just kind of struggling on with missing her. But she was super special. And um, even the cat's missing her. But um, like I said, no regrets. And you can check out the Humane Society here in Marion County or Vocal. Um, for these wonderful dogs that are, that nobody really wants to take because they're not necessarily a, a breed that people think is friendly. They're wrong. There's an absolutely amazing breed, and the Staffordshire Terriers are incredible. Um, I want to do a mention also for Equiceptional Media. As you can see, I have my cap and my cup here. Um, Gigi and I's company, uh, based here out of the, uh, the chamber, and did a really nice job uh, live streaming the air show jumping that went on um, this past weekend and week at the Florida Horse Park. And we absolutely love the Florida Horse Park. It's an incredible venue for um, anything and everything. Um, 500 acres of uh, beautiful expanse there. We can be outdoors. And um, that was January 5th to the 9th and then coming up January 12th to the 16th. And that's the Florida Horse Park Winter Classic. And that is a boutique horse show. Um, Ocala's boutique horse show and really really nice to see um, Colin Solemn do so well and then Sean Wardley as well um, of course who are top riders and um, Colin is actually from Williston. Coming up also at the Florida Horse Park in February, February 12th we have the Cowboy Ball, a classic dinner event with dancing um, authentic cowboy music and a lot of fun. Um, doors open at 6.30 and you can reach out to me, Louisa, at ocalacep.com uh, and email me if you're interested in attending. That's in conjunction with the Best of America by Horseback team who will be um, taking out the trail rides uh, on the Florida Greenway there from the Florida Horse Park. Um, I want to thank the Florida Horse Park for um, supporting this event and um, you can get signed up with Best of America by Horseback if you would like to do the rides. And you can reach out to me for the Cowboy Balls. Uh, coming up, January the 20th, we have our Equine Initiative presented by Piranha, which is part of the Chamber and Economic Partnership here. And we are actually in the Chamber and Economic Partnership studios 
Equine Studios. You can join us at the WEC Stadium. You can enter from Highway 40 and park in Expo Centre 1. And you can come and join us Thursday the 20th at 3 p.m. for a tour and equine initiative meeting at the beautiful World Equestrian Centre. Business after hours follows at 5 o'clock. Coming up at the Ocala Downtown Market, March the 9th from 12 to 7, we have the Equine Industry Expo, which is part of the Equine Initiative presented by Piranha. The presenting sponsor of this event is Miller & Sons Plumbing. Miller & Sons is fantastic. They love to come out to the farms and help you out. We're going to have horse breed expos, farriers, equine dentists, horse trainers, breeders. There'll be lots of employment opportunities for you to learn about, carriage rides, demos, We'll have equine-related vendors, regular vendors, as we do at the downtown market in Ocala. And we'll also have food trucks out here so that you can uh, have a meal, have a lunch or a dinner out here at one of our wonderful food trucks that frequent the market. So um, that should be an absolutely wonderful event and um, definitely a learning experience for our young people and our students um, who need to learn about the equine industry. I know there's a lot of students out there that really interested in in the FFA and um, 4-H and do a lot of um, work with cows and pigs and sheep and chickens and even ducks and rabbits and those those a lot of those kids haven't had the opportunity to actually have contact with the horse and learn about the equine industry and there's so many jobs available in our area so we certainly hope you'll come down this event is all completely free um, sponsored by Miller and Sons as I said and we've got some supporting sponsors that are helping us out um, with some of our print material, local graphics, um, and also Equiceptional Media should be doing some live streaming and be able to bring you some of the demos live onto social media. So we're excited about that and looking forward to it. Uh, coming up, we've got Dr. Adam Kayot. Um, we're going to be chatting a little bit about um, pre-purchase exams and vetting a horse. Um, and then we're going to have Talia Fisher join us by phone. We're going to talk a little bit about their rescue organization. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back.
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. With over 70 years of collective experience in the horse industry, Lip Chip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the Chip Link system, powered by Lip Chip, where a 15 digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even a child can do it. The future is here. The future is Lip Chip. Enhance your horse's performance, fitness, strength, and rehabilitation with state-of-the-art equipment. ETI treadmills offer the finest European engineering, the highest quality filtration, and no chemicals are required. Follow Equine Therapy International on social media or at equinetherapyint.com. Equine Therapy International provides technologically advanced therapy for horses worldwide. Back on the second segment of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. In the Chamber Studios in downtown Ocala, in the horse capital of the world, with Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson and Smith joining us by phone. Dr. Kayot is the big time. He's, he's got his hairdresser coming to his house. I'm pretty impressed, Dr. Chaos. That's pretty impressive. He's going to be as That's handsome nice, as right? ever after his haircut. That's right. We That's certainly right. don't want to. We don't want to mess up this appointment, Dr. Chaos. Looking tight. Looking tight. <laughs> Looking tight. Optics very important. Um, speaking of that, I'm going to talk a little bit about pre-purchase exams and vetting and the importance of this procedure, especially if you have or are planning to make a large investment in a horse um, and yeah. something that veterinarians are very, very, um, uh, very, very complete, very do a complete examination. And we're going to have Dr. Kayot talk a little bit about that. But one thing I was going to say, and Dr. Kayot will appreciate this, is have a clean horse when the vet arrives, because that <laughs> certainly helps, right? That's right. <laughs> Uh, that does help. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, that, that does. You know, help. I, I only work on clean horses. No, no dirty ones. No, no dirty, kidding. never. Right? Oh, I'm in <laughs> trouble. Are, Mine are dirty most of the time. Um, what's recommended if you have a barn access to a barn or a stall is maybe to bring the horse in a couple of hours beforehand, even if it's used to being turned out, just so that the horse isn't sweating, and if it's raining, the horse isn't wet. Um, give your veterinarian the best opportunity to give the most thorough examination um, that he, right. he or she can do because it's certainly a lot easier with a clean and dry horse. So, Absolutely. Um, and make sure you have somebody competent, especially if you're yourself, you yourself are not able to be there or if you're the purchaser and you're you know, sending the veterinarian out, make sure there's a competent person that is actually able to trot a horse. Um, and potentially ride a horse if that's part of the examination. Um, yep. So that, those are very important tips from 
um, just your ordinary, not big time person like me, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely helps. Yes. It definitely helps. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the first things that you do when you go to see um, a horse for a, a pre-purchase or a vetting examination? What right. kind of is the first thing? Well, the first thing I do is a complete exam, you know, physical exam. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think it's always important um, when you do pre-purchase exams for a, the veterinarian to basically do the same thing every time mm-hmm. so that you you don't leave things out and you don't forget things. Um, so if you have a set same routine, mm-hmm. then it just kind of happens and just right. kind of flows. Obviously, the new veterinarians, you know, they have to kind of set that that routine up. Um, but certainly I've been doing it long enough. I just, it's kind of automatic. I don't even think about it, but mm-hmm. what I do is, is I just basically start at the head and I work my way to the rear end. You know, mm-hmm. I, I start at the head, I check the teeth, I check the age on the horse. First thing I always ask, how old is this horse? Even though I might know how old it is mm-hmm. or how old it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I always look, how old's this horse? See if the teeth match up, check the teeth, see if they need to be, you know, floated or whatever. And then I look at the eyes, do an exam of the eyes. Uh, and then I start kind of just working my way back, listen to the heart, lungs, listen to the gut sounds, um, and, and then obviously take take temperature of the horse, palpate down its neck, down its back to see if there's any soreness there. And then, um, then I go and I grab my hoof testers and I palpate down the legs, feel all the legs uh, from top to bottom, see if I feel any abnormalities, any swellings there. That shouldn't be there or, or anything like that or bumps that are concerning or, or of interest. And then, then I work my way to the hoof and then I put the hoof testers on and, and see if there's any soreness to the hoof testers uh, mm-hmm. on all the, you know, all the way around on the feet. A little and, tip uh, right there at the feet. Also, um, something that I read in my research is that no loose shoes if the horse is shod. That doesn't yeah. help the veterinarian at yeah. all. So either a fresh shoeing or make sure all four shoes are on and we don't have a loose shoe, because right, that certainly right. can affect the examination, um, yep. especially yeah. once you start the trotting and all of that makes it very difficult. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, that could, um, so that a hint there. As, <laughs> yes. yeah, absolutely. It could bring it in itself as a lameness, right. uh, which you don't want. Right? Nobody wants to buy a lame horse. Nope. So, um, um, so, yeah, I work that around, make sure that obviously the shoes are on if they have shoes. Um, and then, you know, they don't, you know, all horses, they don't necessarily have to have shoes. Right. Uh, some some they're just fine without. But mm-hmm. it's certainly if, if the shoes are there, you, you kind of want to look and see how they are. Are they overdue being done? Uh, what type of shoe is the horse wearing? Is it a plain aluminum shoe? Is it a plain steel shoe? Is it, you know, a any pads? Bit, uh, yeah. Any pads, mm-hmm. any, you know, wedges, anything like that that might be of interest. So, right. so then we, then, then I typically um, take them out and then I uh, flex the joint. So I flex the knee joint, all four fetlocks, the, the hock and the, and the stifle joints. Mm-hmm. And obviously I do that individually and then I have them trot off mm-hmm. um, and see if there's, you know, see if there's lameness presented by stressing that joint. Mm-hmm. Now, if there is, that doesn't, you know, that's just part of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know, it might mean something, it might not. Um, but uh, certainly it's part of the exam. And then generally, I will have them work on a lunge line if they lunge. I don't usually have them ridden, but I have had them ridden. And I, obviously, if the, if the buyer requests that I watch it being ridden, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then, then 
after that's done, I, obviously I'm making notes of, of how that horse is performing mm-hmm. during the exam. And then, then we generally move to radiographs, uh, whatever they want x-ray. Um, obviously it's a full range mm-hmm. of, you know, from nothing to, right. I want everything x-rayed on this horse, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I think, I think you look at it as, as it's kind of an insurance policy. It right. certainly is not a guarantee that this horse is going to be able to do what you're going to do and do what you want to do. And that's another thing. I'm not here to judge. Is this horse able to do what you want it to do? I'm here to judge soundness and health of the horse. Right. So I'm not. So you're not you know, guaranteeing a Grand Prix I, I win, right? Uh, yeah, I don't or a, do that. Or I'm a not, Kentucky you know, Derby. As, <laughs> exactly. I don't come in as the trainer, right? I don't come in as the trainer. Certainly, um, buyers will ask me, you know, um, to evaluate the manners of the horse, which mm-hmm. I'm fine to do. You know, right. is 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 the horse sweet to be around, kind, or is he a jerk? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I certainly do that, but I but I try to stay out of. Um, abilities mm-hmm. you know because i can't really determine that right um, so right. so that's that, yeah. that's kind of that's kind of where you know there are some limitations and like i said certainly they're not a guarantee of right. anything it's basically a snapshot in time of this horse and uh you know we just try to discern um how uh, how how we think this horse is going to be and 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 the current health and and the soundness of the of the animal at that point so makes sense now do you check for a microchip when you're there? I don't typically check for a microchip at this point. There's still a lot of horses out there without them. Mm-hmm. I will if they, if I specifically am asked for one, mm-hmm. um, but I don't typically check for a microchip. I'll, I'll ask if the horse is current on a Coggins test. If it is, then that's cool. If not, I uh, generally pull one mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Nice. And, uh, you know, and and then you know we can do uh, drug screens and things like that if if the if the purchaser is interested in doing that sort of thing. But I don't typically check for a microchip. Okay, and then um, you will give then an overall report to the tentative owner with yep. all the details. Yep, I give an overall report. Um, you know, basically all my findings, mm-hmm. and certainly we can discuss. You know pluses and minuses um to those findings um you know there's no perfect horse out there they all have something right you know so um it's just a matter of i was about to say just like men and then i thought no i'm talking to one don't say it don't say it it. uh he'll be perfect he'll be perfect after a second Gigi just gave us the wrap-up sign so dr chaos have a wonderful haircut i know you'll be as handsome as ever (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Dr. Adam Kayot with Peter and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. We'll be right back with Talia Fisher. Stay with us. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors and the Hilton Garden in downtown Louisville. Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care seeks to be a leading international veterinary practice that provides state-of-the-art veterinary care to their patients while fostering professional relationships with their clients that stand the test of time. 
for 24-7 and the best in equine care, check out Peterson and Smith at petersonsmith.com or like them on Facebook now for more information. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton. We are in the Chamber and Economic Partnership Equine Studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. Joining us now by phone, we have Talia Fisher. She is from All Seated in a Barn. I hope I'm pronouncing your first name correctly, am I? You nailed it. Perfect. Oh, wonderful. I'm so glad. <laughs> um, so, Talia, tell us a little bit about what you do and kind of how All Seated in a Barn got started. Yeah, absolutely. So we rescue um, horses and donkeys that are at risk of essentially shipping to slaughter who are kind of stuck in that pipeline. Um, and so we got started by we rescued a donkey. Well, I, did, I rescued a donkey back in 2018, and I had no idea what I was doing. I had never owned a donkey. I've only ever owned horses. And it took him about a month to get to me. But when he did, I literally started crying because he was the sweetest thing in the whole world. Oh. And I couldn't I have believe a donkey, that. Just to interject. <laughs> do you? Yes, I do. And I love her. She's, a, she's so funny. I know where stubborn as an ass came from now, though, because she does have her moments. But, um, but yeah, she's, um, she's a lot of fun. They're so much fun and they're so smart. And I was just like mind blown. And so all of my friends and family and everything started coming over and meeting him because they had never met a donkey before. And it just turned into this thing where then all of a sudden we started educating people about like, oh, you know, they um, slaughter donkeys um, specifically for a tea and they use their hide and to, well, you should start rescuing horses and donkeys. And then it led to me and three of my friends saying, you know what, why not? Let's try it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. And one turned into three, turned into five, turned into hundreds. Yeah. And then here we are, you know, 2022 and moving forward. Gosh. So actually you started this sort of right before the pandemic actually started. So this has been kind of yeah. a, a bit of a journey, I'm sure. And, and I'm sure that the pandemic probably brought about some um, some situations as well that people were in hardship, you know, problems. So how many acres do you have and, and how many horses do you currently have on the farm? Well, so we actually, it's more than just one location. Ah, okay. So we have um, several locations. We have a couple in Bakersfield, California. Mm. And then we also have several fosters. We have um, 
a trainer down south that um, has about 17 of our horses that are in constant training and like just keeping them in shape, exercising and making sure that they're, you know, they're doing what they need to do to stay healthy. Um, And then we've got horses in a quarantine facility in Texas and rented pasture quarantine in Texas. We've got horses at vet hospitals between California and Texas. So it's, they're kind of spread out. Most of them are in California and Bakersfield, but then depending on the horses and what they need, they're shoveled around to different spots. Okay. Makes sense. Um, So how do you go about finding them and rescuing them? And um, can you tell us about the most recent acquisition, I think, of 50 horses? Yeah. So most of our horses come from the auction. We do get a lot of owner surrenders and we do take in horses from animal control here in Central California. I'm I'm Um, sorry, Talia. Can I interrupt you one second? I'm sorry. I was supposed to, my very efficient director reminded me to put a graphic warning up um, for people who are watching. If you are very sensitive, um, which I actually am and and was when Gigi showed me the photos, but if you're very sensitive or offended or anything by horses in poor physical condition, um, this organization obviously rescues them in poor physical condition. So just want to warn people if you're watching at the moment, um, you know, and you want to step away if you're concerned about it bothering you. Some of the photos may be a little graphic. So there you go. Sorry, yeah, Talia. No worries. <laughs> it's okay. No worries. Um, and so, yeah, we get them and we get them healthy and then we rehabilitate them. And eventually, um, if, they're, if we're able to, then we adopt them out and find them homes. Mm. So some of these pictures you're talking about are some of the cases. Some of those horses actually came from um, some of the most recent auctions. Mm, um nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how terribly sad. What a gorgeous baby too. Oh. Yeah, he was just a little orphaned um, colt that was really, really sick. So he's actually still at the hospital. Several of the horses in those pictures are still at the hospital in Texas. Oh my gosh, it's hard to believe that anybody could let an animal get into this sort of condition. It's really heartbreaking. You know, it's... Yeah, and I think the more frustrating thing is that people are being allowed to just take their horses and dump them at the auctions like this and no one's being held accountable for it. And the horses aren't really given any sort of a choice. Oh my gosh. And so we're lucky that when we are there, we are able to find these horses and get them out and get them the help that they need desperately. So you basically go to auctions where you know there are horses that aren't going to get purchased by true new owners and that are in fact going to be loaded up for slaughter and you purchase those horses at those sales and save them? Right, right, we do. We raise the funds, um, we stream everything live on social media, and the funds come in. Um, we do what we can and what we're able to do. Oh, my gosh. And you yeah. just know which auctions to go to because you're already familiar with the, with the procedure. Yeah, well, so we've been to the local auctions here in California, but what we've found is that the majority of, like, the largest auctions in the country are actually taking place in the Midwest Mm -hmm. and in um, Montana. Mm. But we, obviously, the Midwest is where we've always gone because Mm -hmm. we're actually allowed to get into the pens and take videos and take pictures. A lot of these auction houses don't let you do that because they don't want people to see what they're doing. So it's obviously easier to fundraise for money to help the horses when people are seeing where their money's actually going. Yeah. Um, So a lot of our focus has been in Texas at the auction there, but we've, like I said, we've done the local stuff, but it's hard when you're not allowed to take your cameras out and your videos and take pictures and document and 
show what you're doing. And these bigger auctions have traders and flippers from all over the country bringing horses from like California, Florida, Pennsylvania, Montana, Colorado. They're bringing them from all over the place because these auctions are, they have around 600 horses going through them in two days. Oh my gosh. Now we, yeah. we just, if you're watching on either Aquas Television or on um, social media, we just saw some really um, horrific graphic photos of a horse um, whose rump was clearly um, uh, uh, clearly started with some sort of a sore, and I don't know what it turned into, but I've never seen anything like it in my life. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Yep, that's Phoenix. Um, so him and the horse with the big, huge, swollen leg, mm-hmm. they were actually sold directly to the kill pen. So people are allowed, you're allowed to just wipe your hands clean, um, and they will have been shipped to slaughter if we hadn't been able to step in and get them. And they've actually, both of them are still at the vet in um, Decatur, Texas, and they probably will be still for several months. Um, But yeah, they were the two, well, especially Phoenix, is probably one of the most horrific cases of neglect I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my gosh, I've never seen it. I don't understand how anyone could do this to an animal. I'm just, I, I can't even believe that, oh, I can't believe that anyone could do this. It makes me want to go and save them all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And like he sat there, I mean, that's a, an injury that's been like over a year in the making yeah. and nobody did anything about it. Like the horse sat there suffering, getting worse and worse and worse. Oh my gosh. So what yeah, happens just, to these horses eventually when you've rehabbed them and, you know, the veterinarians treated them and they're back healthy again? What is the next step then? Do you try to adopt them out? We do adopt them out. So we bring them <laughs> back to California to our main facility. Um, and then we start them under saddle. We kind of see who they are, wh- what direction they want to go, what's the, what do they want to be, who mm-hmm. do they want to become. Mm-hmm. And then that helps us be able to set them up for success with their new home. My goodness, <clears throat> Gigi just told us one minute, and I have so many more questions to ask you. So um, oh we, <laughs> we would love to. Do you, do you want to do it? We, we can do another segment. Are you available? Do you want to do yeah, another segment? Yeah, okay. I would love to. Yes, Absolutely. so um, we'll wrap this one up, and we'll keep Talia on the phone with us. And we'll come back in the second half of the show with her. And that way we can, I have a ton of other questions. So uh, stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back. Equestrians, it's time to take care of yourself as well as you do your horse. So get down to Pulse Center of Ocala. The PEMF wave is safe and it's a therapy that charges your cells and allows them to function at their fullest capacity so you heal much faster. Check them out at pulsecenterfl.com now and tell them you heard about it on the Horse Talk Show for a free demo. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies with post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs. EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook and definitely visit one of their locations. 
Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We are in the Chamber in Economic Partnership um, Studios, Equine Studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. I'm Louisa Barton. And on the phone, unexpectedly, we have a second segment um, with Talia Fisher. And um, we, we do, again, want to give you like a graphic warning about... Um, the potential of seeing upset you. Um, they are very upsetting, but the work of all seated in a barn is incredible. And, um, and so we want to share the before and after with you so that you can see how um, very drastic the situation is and also so that you can um, do what you can your part to help. So, um, Talia, we were watching a video that I would like to actually watch. Uh, a, the, we watched a little piece of it. Uh, Ian's going to put it up again. And I wanted to kind of ask you about uh, the Mustangs. Yeah. Um, so what's going on with the Mustangs, so it was really unexpected for us. I mean, we see the Mustangs at the auction a lot. And, you know, we do what we can to bring some into our facility to get them, you know, out of the bad place. Um, but what we're also finding out, which I'm sure you're aware of, is that a lot of these BLM Mustangs are actually shipping to slaughter, which is illegal. And... So we, we have one that was actually being tagged and shipped in front of us to send a slaughter, and we pulled him off of the truck, and he's at our place. His name is Sir Elton John, and he's, he's beautiful. Uh, now, how does that happen? How do they get to slaughter from the BLM? So they have an incentive program where if you adopt a Mustang and you keep it for a year, you can get a check for $1,000. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's you can do up to four Mustangs. So a lot of these families are going and, you know, adopting a Mustangs. They were doing four per person. They hold them for a year in their pasture, and then they turn around and they just sell them to traders and flippers who just make them disappear. Um, there's no, the BLM's not, there's no one to hold anyone accountable. So they're not checking the horses to make sure they don't ship. So it's a really easy loophole to make them disappear. Oh, my gosh. That's so awful. Yeah. And so we were notified of um, a group of 18 Mustangs on Stroud Kilpen in Oklahoma. And so I posted a video of them at Stroud. And literally, they were pretty much on one of their last days before they ship them because they only hold them for so long. There's so many horses and so I just happened, someone said to me, if I do a match for the amount of the Mustangs, would you guys save them? And I said, sure. Okay, let's do it. I'm not one to turn things down, and I always find a way to make it happen. So unexpectedly, we raised the funds and the match within like two hours. Wow. It was insane. And so um, we sent in the money. So now we have 18 Mustangs under our care. 
that we currently have in quarantine on a pasture in Texas um, that'll stay there for up to a month. Um, and in the meantime, I'm reaching out to like Mustang sanctuaries just to see if there's anyone that can help, but a lot of them are full right now. Um, and then we'll start um, slowly bringing them over to California to one of our partner facilities to start kind of, you know, seeing who they are, if they're bonded with someone, just trying to set them up for success, whether that means they're getting trained under saddle or we continue to hold them until we have pasture available for them to just go run free on. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. that, that's really um, that's really amazing. Now, recently there were 50 in Texas that you saved and they, they were from an auction also. And those were a variety of different breeds. Right. And these are some of them Correct. that we're seeing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. My yeah. gosh. So you just went and seized 50 from a sale and, and paid whatever they had to to be paid to get out. You did a live fundraising, got the money and brought these animals, obviously in horrible condition, um, feet not done for clearly maybe years um, and obviously starved to death. Um, and we've seen things like matted eyes and um, cancer. Yes. Yeah. There's actually a picture of a baby with a broken leg that they ran through the sale um, and it was, it was heart wrenching. And so we immediately, like when we see those kinds of cases go through, we immediately buy them and the vet there in Texas is on standby. So we have a hauler that's just basically waiting and then they immediately are taken straight to the vet. Oh my gosh. So this yeah. is not obviously an easy undertaking, um, nor is it, um, an inexpensive undertaking. You are funded, um, how? Solely by donations from people watching our um, social media. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And are you guys a 501c3? Yes, we are. Wow, that's incredible. So um, so it's a um, actually tax deductible, um, perfectly legally, and all above board to do a tax deduction for donations to 501c3s, which is wonderful. Um, so, and people can find you on Facebook. I'm guessing you and your friends must have been all seated in the barn the day that you decided to start this. <laughs> yeah, actually, well, we were. Um, and then my sister, we were trying to think of a really, a name that kind of brings everyone together under one roof for, for a cause. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of how the name came about, was just all seated in a barn. And we didn't want to do the barn because there's a lot of barns around the world. Mm -hmm. So we just said a barn to make it just where it's not about just us too. There's anyone can be seated in a barn trying to make a difference. Yes, absolutely. And I bet you've seen a lot of success stories um, from, oh, yeah. from your program. And have you seen a lot of horses go on and get new owners and be loved? Oh, yeah. I mean, we in 2021 alone, we adopted out over 180 horses and donkeys. Wow. So we have a pretty high success rate and people like love them. And so we get updates all the time. We post the updates on our social media all the time with before and afters. And we really try to do our best to make sure because people remember a certain horse and they want updates. And so we're happy, like, we'll update anyone. That's so wonderful. So um, the, the success stories are obviously the, the goal is to rehome the horse. And is there a good oh, yeah. um, for the applications that come in? Absolutely. Absolutely. My friend Leanne, who's been there since the beginning, she considers herself a Secret Service agent at this point. Betting <laughs> these people out. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So she is making sure that they are like a thorough home check or a farm check, making sure that the horses are going on to a, uh, a much better home for the future. Very much so. A friend of mine put it one way. 
he runs a donkey sanctuary and he won't adopt the donkey out unless they can do better than he is doing by the donkey. Um, like and so that. it kind of rings true. Like if they can take better care of this horse and give it a better life than what we're doing, then we will feel comfortable with you adopting the horse. Nice. But if any part of us doesn't feel that way, then you're definitely not adopting the horse. Wonderful. So how do people find you? Um, social media, website, and, yep. um, and they can make donations that way as well? Yep, social media, the website, all of that. Wonderful. So they go to All Seated in a Barn on Facebook and you Instagram, yep. and then you also have a website, All Seated in a Barn, um, so yep. people can make donations and, and help you guys and support this. That is um, really an incredible story. Well done. Um, and um, we really appreciate you sharing this with us. And if there were not people out there in the world like you, um, there'd be a lot more suffering for these animals. So we are um, yeah. certainly very supportive of you and happy to share this. And we will continue Thank to share your social media posts and your success stories. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tyler, so much for everything you do. And thank you for being with us on the show. You're welcome. Talia Fisher with All Seated in a Barn, uh, some very graphic and sad um, photographs. We, we hate to share that on the show. We don't like to, um, to share that. But if we don't share the reality of what is happening, then we can't help them. So certainly a wonderful organization. I'm excited to share in the future with you their, uh, their great success. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We're coming back with Nick Demerick in just a few minutes. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show here at the training track of Nick and Jackie Demerick and their family, Tristan and Valerie, uh, all train here. This is a family operation. Nick is almost always on horseback when I see him, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. I guess you do that every day, right? Yeah, uh, th this, is my, uh, this is my office up here. I, I, can, f I can fax and email and uh, take phone calls up here. <laughs> and uh, I can also watch my horses and quite frankly, um, I think this is really why I do this because I just love the animals and I love riding. So 
I hate to hate to stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, you know they say if you keep getting on, you'll always be able to get on. Well, yeah, well, that's true. And uh, this, this guy, I, I don't mind using a, a mounting block for this fella because he's kind of tall. But um, getting on is uh, something I hope I can do for a long time to come. Well, the Queen, I think, is in her 90s and she's still mounting up, so it's a good sign. And, and she's riding side saddle half the time too, and I give her credit for that because I've tried it and it really hurts, you yes. know. <laughs> I can only imagine. I've never tried it. So we're talking a little bit about the training process. We shared with you um, what Jackie does in the round pen, and and now the horses come to the track. And Nick has shared a little bit with us um, about that about that process and kind of going through the stages of a little bit at a time and building up until they they go. And also, I like the fact that you make them go alone to help. Them with yeah, the herd yeah, bound yeah. kind of a, a part of it and also then go together so they're not uh you know shocked when there's a horse running neck and neck with them so i think that's a, those are all really really good for the horse get him used to kind of everything early on um so there's no surprises we're trying to give them as well-rounded and, and education as we can and, and trying to expose them to as much as we can we're big believers in uh, we don't kind of uh, wrap them in bubble wrap uh, we, we take great care of them but we have dogs milling around on the farm we have peacocks fanning their tails and shaking them and th they see all that from the, the first day they set foot on our place and and um, I, I think that pr uh, helps produce a more um, relaxed centered and um, professional kind of uh, athlete where they're, they're, they're not just so coddled that, that anything happens out of the ordinary and they kind of lose their marbles. So we're, we're, we're big believers in that. But just carrying on from where we were, um, I was explaining about gradually increasing, incrementally increasing the, the length and distance of their gallops. When we get to uh, a point where we have enough foundation under them and we're preparing for their next stage in their development and their education. At that point, um, we'll start doing some little two-minute licks. And this is a, a kind of a, a, a slight increase in speed. Again, head-in-head, uh, head, working in company, nearly always to start with. Um, and little by little, week by week, we'll start building that process up to where they are eventually uh, on a breeze schedule and depending on whether they're going to the racetrack or to a sale we will tailor the uh, program to fit the needs or the, the destination of, of, the, of the various individuals so uh, when they're breezing you know then you know the, the, there's a lot of uh, extra care that that's involved with that we're, we're doing we, we poultice all our horses after workouts and we they're cooling out in the barn with coolers on and and they're usually getting body clipped and under blankets by this stage and you know the the, the there's a lot of care involved um uh, as the as the um the kind of regimen increases and the, the the pressure increases so we're trying to prepare them mentally and physically for their careers at the racetrack uh or their um, destination at a two-year-old sale, if that's what it's going to be. So, you know, uh, again, um, when we get them to their various destinations, whether it's to a trainer uh, at the track or, or, or to a two-year-old sale, that's when we find out how good a job we did or, mm -hmm. or otherwise, because if they come unraveled when they're in a different environment and they develop problems such as tying up or or they mentally you know that they're, they're fussy in the stall or they stop eating all of those kind of things 
uh, are indicators that maybe we could have done something better with them um, at home. So we're trying to make the trainer's job as easy as we can with what we do with them at home and we're also trying to uh, you know, help these babies uh, in that transition uh, to make it as painless as possible. Wonderful. And then as far as um, as the gate goes, that process, I see they're just coming through when they come up, so they're getting used to that very, very early on. That's, that's a good question, and uh, we're big believers in that. Um, we're, we're big believers in that. As you say, all our babies walk through the gates every day, um, and that way when we start doing more gate work with them, which we do, um, uh, the, 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 it's a, an easy transition. The first stage will be we'll close them in the gate and climb up next to them so that they see somebody above and behind them, which is always a little bit of a, 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 a potential threat to a young horse, uh, and get them relaxed doing that. And then we'll jog them out, and and again, little by little, we'll start to increase increase the speed at which we let them come out, and eventually we'll we'll pull the cord and the gates will snap open like they would at a racetrack, and they're we, we need them to breeze nice and straight and professionally out of the gate and uh, and uh, then continue into a full-blown breeze. So, yeah, that's another uh, part of the process that's important and, again, makes uh, the trainer's job the other end easier, at least we hope it does. And tell us about this guy. This guy who's getting a little impatient now because he <laughs> said, I've been standing here for quite a while. Um, this guy is a, a, a coming for... Uh, he, he'll be four in January, uh, off-track thoroughbred. He's one I bought as a yearling and I was always particularly fond of. He's just got a very, very sweet nature and a lovely, lovely, l soft, gentle stride on him. A very, very comfortable ride. And um, he's just learning how to be a pony and he's not doing a bad job. I think he's going to make a really nice pony, although he's a little bigger than most of them. <laughs> but that's okay. And if he doesn't do that, we'll make an inventor of him or something. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm not going anywhere, I can tell you that. Oh, that's good. So um, last comment, Nick, about kind of what you think is the most important part of this whole process between, between <laughs> I thought he was coming over the top, um, between you and Jackie, Jackie with the starting process. And, and you've been doing this for a few years. So, yeah. um, like for a year or two, a year or two, yeah. yes. Uh, what thirty? Uh, it's actually more like forty, believe it or not. Is and it really? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I hate to, I hate to uh, think in those numbers, but it, that's what it is. And yeah, we we, we set up camp in Ocala. Uh, we were married in '83, and we'd been together a year before that. Um, so do the math it must be getting close, <laughs> close to 40 what's that about 39 years yes. yeah. yeah so anyway but um yeah we, we were, we're very fond of ocala it's been good to us our kids and our grandkids were all born and raised here and um frankly i couldn't imagine a nice environment to to, to raise a family and most important thing about the training process to you to make a really well-rounded horse what would that be um, you know, I, I think that you can't really peel off one step in the process and say that's the most important part. What Jackie does with them is paramount. I mean, it's absolutely critical that they c come to me for the next stage in the, in the right mindset and physically and mentally prepared. But f truthfully, the whole process is important. And, and I think, you know, uh, it speaks well for... <laughs> <laughs> Up in the stirrups again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, it speaks well for um, our staff and uh, many of whom have been with us for a long time that um, this guy's a heavy drinker in case, <laughs> in case you were wondering um, 
yeah, it speaks well for our staff who, who are a, a marvelously loyal and and well uh, educated group uh, in in terms of the way they handle these young horses and and without them frankly uh, we, we we couldn't do it we could do it with half a dozen but to do it on, on the scale we we, we do uh, requires dedication and skills of our long-term staff and I would give them a ton of credit for what we do it takes a village Nick Demerick in action lovely to see you in action thank you so much for sharing the process we with were us all in action. <laughs> It, it was my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Nick Demerick here and uh, our friend has a comment, I think. Um, Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show, learning about how to train a winner to make it to the top. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, I'm Alan Davies with Equine Therapy International. Today we're at Engineered Equine Performance celebrating the new saltwater chilled treadmill. This particular chilled equine saltwater treadmill is a game changer. As you can see, the finest materials are used, the filtration system, coarse, fine filtration, no chemicals. We use UV, ozone, combination of filtration to keep the highest water chemistry standards. Being a saltwater unit, only the finest stainless steel and materials are used. That's important when it comes to longevity and cost of service over the life of the unit. This unit also has integrated massage jets with fine bubbles and coarse air bubbles for the therapy. The control system on this is Siemens industrial grade, top of the line technology, straight from Germany, but also serviceable here in the US. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show here, here at the Equine Performance and Innovative Center in Ocala, the horse capital of the world. Most people who have horses have dogs. And how wonderful that Epic here has the option for rehab and therapeutic treatments for your four-legged dogs and horses. I think that's absolutely wonderful. So we're here with Mary Zellick now and Eve, her dog, has been visiting Epic. And I want to talk to her a little bit, first of all, about um, some of her health concerns with Eve. Um, one of them, of course, is that she is three-legged. Mary, thank you for being with us. I, I think it's absolutely amazing that um, you've given Eve a, a wonderful obviously second chance at life um, and taking such wonderful care of her here at Epic. Tell us a little background on Eve and how old she is and, and how she lost her leg um, and just share that with us. 
Um, so Eve just turned ten. <laughs> she just turned ten, right? Uh, Thanksgiving, and um, about five years ago, she had injured what to us is our ACL. And we left in July to go to Michigan, and we came home, and she was uh, holding it, her leg up in the air. So we assumed she had done the same thing. She had injured it. And we took her to the vet. Um, he did an x-ray of it and immediately said, I don't like the way this looks. This isn't just a torn ACL. Um, but at the time, she was still running around. And I mean, she was holding it in the air, but she was running around. She wasn't acting like she was in any pain. So we just weren't 100% sure of the diagnosis. So we were going to take her and get a bone biopsy done. Um, so we took her down to um, Blue Pearl in Tampa. And um, they were going to do a bone biopsy. But when they went to do the bone biopsy, it fractured. And they said we could either take her home and let her live out whatever life she had left, but the, it would never heal. And, or we had to make a decision right then and there to amputate the leg. So we amputated it, and that was a lot. <laughs> um, it required 24-hour-a-day care at home between the four of us and my family, um, between all the different medications and caring for the wound. And um, she healed up from that quite well. And then they wanted to do chemo on her, and we were 99% sure no. Um, but the vet explained that um, it does not have the same effects on humans as it does people, or dogs. So we decided to go with it and for at least one treatment and see how that worked out. Well, she had absolutely no side effects to it. She did absolutely wonderful. Um, she ended up having five treatments. And then her vet, Silver Spring Shores Animal Hospital, sent her to, said it would be a good idea for her to do this aqua therapy to strengthen the leg she had left back there. Because uh, we have a two-story house, so we have to hold her up, her hind end up, as she goes up the stairs. Aww. And she wasn't really putting any weight on that leg. So he said, find a place you can take her that will build that strength up in that leg. So um, I did a little calling around. We ended up here, and she's been doing this. I'm not sure exactly how many treatments. She's got 15 treatments she's going to do total. And um, it's hard for me to tell a difference. Uh, my, everyone in my family says that they can see huge difference, but I don't let her do a lot of stuff because I'm paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid she's gonna hurt her other leg so I don't and she knows it too so when she's around me she she kind of acts more babyish around me um, and doesn't do a lot of things but for everyone else they kind of make her do it so um, but she has built this strength up in that leg and it's doing really well the people here have been fantastic and she started off five minutes doing this and she's up to almost she did 20 minutes a couple weeks ago and then she hasn't done it for a couple weeks. And then I here today, she did 17 minutes today. So when you first brought her for um, the first treatment, how did she, you said she did five minutes. How did she react to going into the treadmill? Was she scared? Um, was she not sure what's going on? Or, or is she a water dog anyway? I know a lot of this breed like water. <laughs> well, that's what they tell me. Um, She's never been in water. I don't have a pool, so she's never been in water before this. So this was her first time. She did. She was a little not quite sure how 
everything was going to happen when she went in there, but the first time she didn't know it was going to happen, so she walked right in. Um, she whines and cries the whole time she's in there, but as soon as she comes out, she has so much energy and she wants to run around out here and stuff. So um, she still whines and cries when she's doing it, and she doesn't appreciate it, especially on these cooler mornings. Um, but I think it's doing great for her. Um, not only the that hind leg, but her front legs, she's getting exercise on too, because we can only at home take her for really short periods of walks around the um, subdivision. So here she's getting most of her exercise she's doing here. That's wonderful, yeah. And the in the treadmill with the water adds extra exertion, obviously, and a fitness level without her really feeling that she's doing a lot. So yeah. that that's really incredible. And we were watching her when she was in there. Yeah. And, you know, there were moments when she would stop a little bit and go backwards, but then she would get going again. And, and she seemed to handle it very well, especially for only having three legs, right? Right, yeah. So when she goes in there... Um, they fill the water up. Um, we found that if we, the higher we fill the water up, um, the easier it is for her because it lifts her up. So she's able to stand a little more. So she's half swimming and half walking on the so treadmill the underneath there. Right. The buoyancy helps lift her up and gives her support underneath. So yeah, she does really well. She does get tired in there. So you've seen she kind of goes yeah. to the back and mm -hmm. she comes forward. And she's learned to cheat the system a little bit. So there's a little black pad at the top there and she puts one leg on it and she'll do the <laughs> but um, for the most part yeah we stand in front and kind of coax her to keep walking to keep moving and um, she does she does really well in there like I said she's up to 20 minutes so she's doing pretty good in there that's amazing now um, the family members you said around you she's a lot more careful and you're a lot more careful because you're afraid of the other back leg having a problem um, the other family members that you say have seen like big improvements it, are they finding that she's playing more um, she's more active she wants to do a little bit more she um well she does things better for them like she does uh if i sometimes if i'm not looking she'll jump up on the couch by herself where normally if i'm watching she stands there and she looks at me and waits for me <laughs> to put her on the couch so um she is putting a little more weight going up the stairs now um i can feel that too that she's putting a little more weight i'll say to her i'm just supporting you you gotta do all the work so um, she, as far as playing, she has a sister at home. They're litter mates. And uh, her sister wants to play with her, <laughs> but she jumps on top of her and knocks her over. So um, she used to be the dominant female, and now her sister has kind of taken over that role. But she still, you know, she still goes out in the backyard. She's a huge squirrel hunter, so she loves to hunt the squirrels. And she'll still chase after them in the yard, or if she sees a bird in the yard, she'll chase after it. So she's been doing really well through all of this. It's been a lot for her. Um, and and when it first started, I was kind of like, what did we do? <laughs> well, maybe this wasn't in her best interest, but really, um, she's done an amazing job through all of this. It's, uh, it's going to make me cry. <laughs> so, um, my sister from the very beginning has said, like, um, you need to do like almost like a blog to yeah. show other people who are, may have animals going through the same thing. Yeah. That, um, How wonderful. you well, know, that it's share. good, that it's good, for, you know, that they can make it through something like this. Because in the beginning, her vet gave her weeks to a month to live. 
um, in July. And they said with the amputation, she might get four extra months. And with the amputation plus chemo, she should get between 10 and 12 with 20% of dogs living two years. Oh my gosh, so, so this is a miracle. She is our miracle girl, yeah, Wonderful. she is. Mary, I want to thank you. We have to cut to the end of this segment. Thank you, Eve, for being with us. What a miracle here at Epic. I love to hear the results uh, of this, this treatment, giving her the best quality of life that she could possibly have. Louisa Barton at the Equine Performance Cent and Innovative Center in Ocala for the Horse Talk Show. That's it. 30 seconds left. Can you believe it? Equine Performance and Innovative Center treating dogs very successfully. And we've got some great stories to share with you, including Gigi's in the future. Got to wrap it up from the Ocala Chamber Equine Studios here in the horse capital of the world. If you're not in the horse capital of the world, happy horsing around until the same time next week. <laughs>